Green is brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello and welcome to Being Green. I'm Glenn Crook. You'll have heard the news that construction on tech giant Amazon's new Africa headquarters at the River Club site in Observatory has been halted. Last Friday, the Cape High Court granted an interdict against the Lisbeck Leisure Properties Trust, saying the developers had not properly consulted indigenous South Africans. In her ruling, Deputy Judge President Patricia Goliath recognized that the piece of land was hugely important as the historic domain of the Gurin Haikai nation in pre-colonial times. Building on what many consider sacred land has been the dominant theme in the long-standing dispute over the Amazon HQ. But in the background of all of this is the fact that the development is taking place in an environmentally sensitive area. And to remind us of the concerns, I'm joined by Dr. Kevin Winter of the University of Cape Town's Future Water Institute. Kevin, could you begin, please, by explaining to those who can't picture it uh, what exactly the site looks like in terms of the environment? Yes, good day to everyone, too. And thank you for this conversation of bringing a more environmental focus on that land. The land's about 30 uh, hectares in size, so a reasonably large piece of land that in the past would have been a floodplain situated uh, in alongside suburbs such as Observatory, Maitland uh, in Cape Town, and alongside what many people will recognize as the M5. And of course, the M5 highway, uh, no one will have passed over that in recent times without seeing the construction that's taking place there. But what is of interest is that this is what is part of the Two Rivers Urban Park vision that was started in about 1996, initiated by the city and also continued with support from various community groups and stakeholders. And it's an area where literally three rivers come together, uh, but they're two dominant ones. The first one is the Black River, which has a long and large catchment on a fairly flat area, covering large parts of what's so-called Cape Flats area. And then the Lisbeck River, uh, which comes from the uh, eastern side of Table Mountain and flows for about seven kilometers until it reaches this place or this spot called the Two Rivers Urban Park, and in particular where the development is taking place. And there's a lot of fauna and flora in that area as well. Yes, there is. And I think there is often a tendency to sort of suggest that because it's become degraded area, uh, it is uh, no longer able to provide habitat for flora and fauna in that area. And what was of real interest to us uh, just before the development took place, there was a very significant rescue effort uh, that took place largely at night time. Uh, and it was recorded uh, by the rescuers at the time in bring, taking those animals off the property and then sealing it off so that uh, western leopard toads, for instance, and also chameleons, Cape chameleons, for instance, that are uh, really becoming scarce in our urban environment. Uh, and they were found all over that site, uh, and that's quite well mapped, in fact. So that's just one indication of a diversity of habitat, despite the fact that there's been uh, decades of development taking place on that site over time. And I think that's probably significant in terms of what we sometimes underestimate, nature being able to hold nature, uh, bounces back, and that was a bounce-back period, and we got some indication of its diversity. Kevin, do you believe briefly that adequate environmental impact surveys were done? I think that for me there's a real problem here too in that a basic environmental assessment was conducted, that's in a sense an impact assessment which 
takes into account a range of very important elements, including biodiversity, including hydraulics of the system, and including public participation in to the assessment. But actually, a basic assessment may have been inadequate, and I think it may be revealed in the courts right now that it was an inadequate one. When you're dealing with a catchment, uh, you're dealing with a whole river system and with water that is flowing both under the ground and on the surface. And to only look at the site and give more or less site-specific analyses of that impact is limited. We're really running out of time now, but I've driven past that site and it's, it's a massive building already. It's probably four to six stories high already. Isn't it too late? Hasn't all the damage been done already? Well, a considerable amount of damage has taken place already in terms of the build, the infill of the wetland, and most of all, the infill of what I alluded to earlier on as the third river, which was a distributary from the Liesbeck River. And that's been turned into a stormwater drain, as it were, a a sustainable one, as the engineers might argue. Uh, But we've lost a whole uh, area of water that initially drained from that part of the river. So that's some of the impacts that have occurred right now. And because the whole site has been abandoned right now, there are lots of frayed edges, as it were, which have not been well conducted. And and we are concerned, obviously, about what happens next in terms of uh, how long this delay might occur. And if it reaches a decision in whatever the court procedure might take place from here on, uh, what might be left uh, on that site and what kind of cost and who will pay for the cost uh, if the, the development is stopped. Kevin, in, in one word, in your opinion, is this a site that environmentally is worth saving, keeping intact and improving, making better, upgrading, if you like? Difficult in one word, but actually we've got to keep our eyes on climate change. If we can find places where we both can deal with the risk of flooding and the rising temperatures and the heat wave that our city of Cape Town is going to be experiencing, this is a piece of land like many others that needs to be conserved and managed for that very reason. Thank you very much there to Dr. Kevin Winter of the University of Cape Town's Future Water Institute. Difficult topic to cover in such a short space of time, but that's it for this week. From Being Green till next time, from me, Glynis Crook, take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. At Remax Living Real Estate, our ethos is built on giving back. From sponsoring music broadcasts to FMR's Being Green, our focus is on making your world more harmonious and our planet more sustainable. So when it comes to choosing a real estate partner, don't go for anything less than people who are maximum givers. Galinda Moser from Remax Living Real Estate. FMR.